didn't get started. Sorry, I like totally distracted. Well, it's education week, right? I mean, we can <laughs> have some wild stuff, but um, let's see, Laura, would you give us an opening prayer? Our Father in heaven, we're grateful for this opportunity to gather together and to understand better the lectures on faith. We invite thy spirit to be with us and um, help us to um, learn those things and remember those things that um, that would have us and that we can help others with. And we ask these things and these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So were you able to do the um, uh, tabernacle tour thing or whatever? Like, how was that? Uh, did it turn out well for your award and everything? Oh, yeah, that was really, really cool. It was super hot and there was a lot of bugs, but um, <laughs> I, I, I really liked it. And if you watched a little video about the tabernacle, it was just like that. Like everything was in the same place. In the Ark of the Covenant was all the things that are supposed to be in there. Like the whole thing was set up, except mm -hmm. for the animals for sacrifice. And but it was really, cool. yeah, it was really cool. And I think it was just to scale too. It was the same size. Mm -hmm. so it took them three days to put it up and two days to take it down. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Big massive project. Right. Super cool. And the the um. The youth, it was mostly for youth conference. So there was, um, when the youth gave their testimonies about youth conference, they all talked about the tabernacle. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a cool experience mm -hmm. for everybody to be able to see that and experience it. Really yeah, opens it was, up the Old Testament in, in new ways. The humidity was like um, 95 and the, the temperature was like 105, which is awful. And there's a little <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. thanks for asking oh. um so as we are <laughs> i think i forgot in mo the majority of the the groups but anyway i really do want to start each of our our class times with uh dnc 88 verse 133 the salutation so art thou a brother or sister i salute you in the name of the lord jesus christ in token or remembrance of the everlasting covenant, in which covenant I receive you to fellowship, in a determination that is fixed, immovable, and unchangeable, to be your friend and brother through the grace of God in the bonds of love, to walk in all the commandments of God blameless, in thanksgiving forever and ever. Amen. I tell you, every week it, it just takes on new nuances and, and added meaning. I, I love that salutation. We really learn to apply that in all of our comings and goings. So lecture third, uh, we've got some <laughs> some fun and uh, heavy ground to, to cover with, with this lecture here. Um, uh, like it says uh, in uh, verse six there, having previously been made acquainted with the idea or let's see, the way the idea of his existence came into the world, lecture second, as well as the fact of his existence, we shall proceed to examine the following here in, in lecture third. So I, I'd like to kind of pitch that, that question out, uh, kind of refreshing our minds is to lecture third, or I mean lecture second. So what is the way that the idea of his existence came into the world? What did we, we learn from there? And um, as we bring that into to lecture third here, but 
how did the idea of his existence come into the world? Didn't we talk last week about how the genealogy brought through all the um, the time of that, of, of Adam's experience in the garden and that there is a God? Yeah, exactly. It's that human testimony and human testimony only that uh, allows us to um, get acquainted with the idea that there is an existence of a God. Without that, we're, I mean, we're kind of left to our own devices and, um, but the fact that Adam had experiences and is willing to, to tell about it and testify of it and how that perpetuates throughout the generations. Anyway, I, I have a question. When you started reading, I have this book and it wasn't the same. Oh, okay. Yeah. So are the paragraphs numbered in that book or not? They are numbered and it starts in the second lecture it was shown. Is that what you read? In the second lecture was shown oh, how it... so that's verse one i i had popped over to verse mm -hmm. six. Oh, okay yeah just because it 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 says kind of the same things or whatever but i was quoting from from verse six there sorry okay so now six is having previously been made acquainted is that where you, where six is uh-huh yeah okay so it looks like it might be the same one okay yeah good to know because <laughs> different versions i found are uh, very different, especially with with the preface we, we learned. But right. um, so, in um, yeah, let's tackle verse one. the The last part of it, when it starts quoting Romans ten fourteen, I think that this is like so crucial to um, this whole lecture here. This whole theme, Romans ten fourteen says, "How then?" shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher or one sent to tell them? So then faith comes by hearing the word of God. So how do you guys unpack that, that verse there? What does that mean to you? And, and how do we handle the, uh, what is the word for that? Where, like Alma uses that, right? Like, how can you do this without this? And how can you even do that without this other kind of thing? Like that kind of piggybacking principle there. <clears throat> I don't know, I just look back on my own journey and pull from there because um, like it's the miracles that the Lord put in my life. I'm mean, like tons of them that I cannot deny. And then having a middle name, my middle name is Christine. And that when I was six or seven walking home from elementary school in Long Beach, California, a girl asked me if I was Christian. And like, we didn't really have religion in our home. Maybe we might've said, God is great. God is good a couple of times at the table, but never, you know, there was never anything else. And I remember being eight, walking, walking across a busy boulevard, my mom walked, watching from the other side so I could go to church. And I went to church by myself. Like, that's how it started. Mm -hmm. I wasn't taught that there was a, there was God. I it was like Christian. What is Christian? Like I, and I had to know what that was. And so I just started seeking what Christian is. And then all these miracles that happen that you cannot deny, like mm -hmm. um, that put me, you know, put me on the road. And when I was 11, my family found the church but didn't really stick with it 
but the Lord stuck with me and mm. kept miracles and and kept me on the path. Interestingly, we moved up <clears throat> to the mountains and we lived, we moved across the street from an LDS family. And my parents said, don't tell anybody that we joined the church. But <laughs> the Lord moved me across the street from this mother and her four kids that were very active. And there's these big boulders down the, you know, next to their property. And I went up there to see the boulders and their, their daughter was singing a primary song. And I said, what is that song? And so she told me that that was a song from church. And I said, what church? You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's another miracle. Mm-hmm. So how, how then shall they call on whom they have not believed? I mean, he just put himself in my path, like, like all the way through. And then I look back and I'm like, my children haven't had these miracles and they don't really want to listen to mine. They don't really want to hear them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they will. They're written down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with with God's plan, you know, they're, uh, you know that, um, like your parents' timing wasn't your timing uh, as a youth, and and how it kind of uh, changes through throughout the different generations and stuff. But um, at the same time, as we learn here in lecture third, that that God is is love and and full of mercy and and is the same and yet uh, as we fluctuate and change and and have different experiences that he still sends messengers uh whether it is our our own family or um there's there's different interactions planned and and ready to go so that um we can hear the testimony of others in in one way or another and react and 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 act on those things i love that <clears throat> this isn't exactly what you experienced laura which thank you for sharing that that was beautiful um <clears throat> but my testimony of i thought this was a beautiful um lecture by the way um i look at all of the things that could could have happened in my life and should have maybe not should have, but often happened to other people in, in, oh, I'm not explaining this very well, but that all of the things that the Lord actually did protect me from, even though I was exposed to a lot of, um, a, a lot of not great stuff. Like I was raped in college and I had a, um, uh, I met a friend later on. She was raped in college also. She got pregnant, even though she had the, you know, went to the hospital and they did their thing. And I, and I didn't go to the hospital because I, I, it doesn't matter. But um, so I'm looking at God's mercy and his love and his care of um because I used to look at it the other way saying, why did all these things happen to me? And, but now it's been reversed and look at, look at all the things that he saved me from and blessed me. And um, (laughs) it's a much better way to look at things. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, As we look back on our lives and, and reflect on, on the different things, you know, perspective is, is huge and it's just been so fun 
all of our different studies, right? You know, Isaiah's ladder and triumph design, everything to, to really put the past in a proper perspective in order to, to actually learn and grow from it rather than, you know, like, oh, woe is me. Like, why, why <laughs> kind of a thing, you know? I, I love that example there. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so kind of going into uh, verses uh, two through through four there. So having said all of that, that um, how faith is, is kind of developed here, let us here observe that three things are necessary in order for any rational and intelligent being um, Let's see, may exercise faith in God unto life and salvation. First, the idea that he actually exists. Second, a correct idea of his character, perfections, and attributes. And then thirdly, an actual knowledge that the course of life which he is pursuing is according to his will. That was the, the one thing that really got me when I was a missionary reading the lectures for the first time. I was like, how on earth is the thirdly even possible like how can you have faith until you have an actual knowledge well how can i have an actual knowledge until there's faith like i mean it was like this like conundrum for me that just like blocked my my brain for a long time but man the this these three different points there have been a a concrete foundation on which to experiment on faith for me uh, throughout the years since then um as i've you know just kind of pondered upon them and, and things but anyway i just find those so interesting like what what is your guys's take on those um i was uh, just kind of reflecting on them and thinking which ones does satan attack on like sometimes in my life he attacks number two Sometimes he attacks number three, but yet sometimes he tells me the truth of those so that I'll believe the lie or or whatever kind of a thing. And it's just interesting how those three all form this like perfect um, foundation together on which to build faith. But anyway, I was just wanting to get your guys' ideas and, and thoughts on those. You know, we talked earlier about uh, the preacher that used to be in the temple, you know, mm. that they don't have now. But uh, in that, uh, Satan was focusing on just one uh, in that one to, to get us. So yeah, it's like two truths and a lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah he kind of brings us in with some truth and then uh, tries to shatter us with that that one lie but anyway yeah. out of those three he's just focusing on the one uh -huh. yeah on that second one there it's very interesting like the old endowments you know prior to 80s um with satan's preacher there like it goes so much hand in hand with lecture third like taking those ideas and, and principles and, and applying them in here anyway it if you reach back into your memory pull those back out uh lecture third is is greatly amplified by those early endowments so like is it okay if we talk about those because it's really quite enlightening i don't know 
I yeah. would like um, to. Let's see. Um, you know, I I'm bringing it up right now. Just a second, but um, you know, some people agree with this website. Some people don't. Whatever your opinion is on it, but a few different paragraphs I think are very interesting. Um, looking at the the old wording. So, as Lucifer is hiring his preacher, um, and uh, is presenting him to to Adam, so like this is all like strictly to to look at lecture third in in a in a different way, right? So Lucifer is saying, here is a man who desires religion. He's very much exercised, which we see exercise of faith, right? And seems to be sincere. Uh, the preacher uh, approaches saying, I understand that you're inquiring after religion. Um, Adam says he was calling upon father and that the preacher is glad to know that he was calling upon father. But I think that these two um, sentences or these two paragraphs here um, is crucial in uh, this context. So, do you believe in a God who is without body, parts, or passions, who sits on the top of a topless throne, whose center is everywhere, and whose circumference is nowhere, who fills the universe and yet is so small that he can dwell in your heart, who is surrounded by myriads of beings who have been saved by grace, not for any acts of theirs, but by his good pleasure? Do you believe in such a great being? And Adam says, I do not. I cannot comprehend such a being. You know, like Adam has seen him, he's interacted with him, and here this preacher is trying to tell him who God is and what his characteristics and attributes are, and then the preacher says, that's the beauty of it. Perhaps you do not believe in a devil, and in the great hell, the bottomless pit, where there is a lake of fire and brimstone into which the wicked are cast, and where they are continually burned, but are never consumed. And Adam says, I do not believe in any such place. My dear friend, I am sorry for you. And you know, the rest of the endowment and how they basically convert the preacher at the end. But <laughs> um, I think that that's just very interesting. Um, as Lucifer is uh, interviewing this preacher, you know, he's like, oh, have you been to college? Do you, do you teach orthodoxy and, and all of these things? That's great. Well, I have someone for you to teach. And Adam's just having none of it because he has interacted with him. Uh, looking at this, the first idea that he actually exists, Adam knows. And secondly, a correct idea of his character's perfections and attributes, that's where he comes in. Satan has employed a preacher to, to try to deceive on that um, and saying, okay, you've been kicked out. And now the idea of God is is nuanced right like he's without body parts or passions and and all of this stuff like that he changes from eden to to the telestial world god changes and he's not a constant anymore and uh, is trying to really throw adam for a loop but but yet adam holds firm to his testimony of what he knows to be true i think that that's a, a powerful lesson for us that um there can be two lies or two truths in there, but mixed in with, with one little lie just to, to try to throw off. And in our world today, um, that's what throws a lot of people off. But with, with um, the restoration of the church and, and Joseph Smith's vision, 
then we have the truth. We know what God looks like and that they're separate beings, God the Father and, and Jesus Christ. It's, they're not all just wrapped up into one thing. And so we're very blessed that way that we do have that knowledge, but the, it's out there in the world. A lot of people, you know, understand it this way. And so, you know, it's just, that is the the one of, of those three that gets the most, um, that Satan can get the most, uh, <laughs> what's the word I want? Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, just wondering where to go next. I think let's 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 tackle like the the six different attributes here. So, um, looking at uh, verses like 12 through through 18, uh, just kind of looking at, at those yeah, in their context. So in the previous verses, they actually quote the, the scriptures that these are all found in. But um, from the foregoing testimonies, we learn the following things respecting the character of God. First, that he was God before the world was created, and the same God that he was after it was created. Secondly, that he is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abundant in goodness, and that he was so from everlasting and will be to everlasting. Thirdly, that he changes not, neither is there variableness with him, but that he is the same from everlasting to everlasting, being the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that his course is one eternal round without variation. Fourthly, that he is a God of truth and cannot lie. Fifthly, that he is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that fears God and works righteousness is accepted of him. And sixthly, that he is love. So, I don't know, the first few times that I read lectures, I was, looked at those and went, yeah, like, duh. But, but having read it, like, through this time, like, it is so fruitful to to know these things and to to act within them i i think that there's so much here to to unpack but like what are your guys's thoughts on that list of of six uh kind of attributes characteristics perfections of the deity um what experiences do you have with those uh, what testimonies do you have of those six things well cameron is god plural in this when when he's talking when they're talking about this uh, that's a great question. I wish we had like a Hebrew <laughs> lexicon would go, oh yeah, Elohim, it's plural. But I, I would definitely put my opinion forth that I would think that it's plural, uh, applying to, to both gods. I mean, there's some progress that, that Christ makes through his life and, and journey and stuff too, but we know that he was the one um, as, as a creator of the worlds and, and stuff. So I would think that it's um, including both, well, not both, but plural deities, but I don't know. So he was God before he was born, right? Mm -hmm. So he, he still had to, for his mission, um, 
be born and then go through those trials and that process. And he grew from grace to grace, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's, you know, an interesting principle there. Like he's growing from grace to grace, yet he's unchangeable. And so like, how does that relate in and, and stuff? It, it's very interesting to apply that uh, in that way. But yeah, Becky. I'm hoping I can explain this because I don't know if I can, but um, in seven, it talks about understanding his character. And then, you know, we were reading all of these different attributes of his character. And I just look back to thinking, I remember hearing people say things like, oh, don't ask Heavenly Father to help you be humble. Don't, you will regret, you will get what you ask for. And so I was so scared of Heavenly Father. And um, I finally, over the course of like the last year or so, started asking things it's like no my heavenly father's not mean and vindictive he's not gonna you know trap me in my questions and my concerns and asking for help to be more humble like anyways I'm just looking at this thinking oh I need to study this list out more um but how in the world how twisted these have gotten but even within the church because that's where I learned that you shouldn't ask for help being humble and you should be careful what you ask heavenly father for and again that's not like a gospel principle but it's from within people in the church who are teaching so anyways Satan's so sneaky how he tries to get in and warp this because if we don't have this we can be pretty lost yeah exactly yeah wendy in the chat says that's one of my biggest unbelief pet peeves and thorns in in mormon theology like we like to try to joke about things and kind of scuff it off as as nothing right and it's, yeah be careful what you ask for or you know kind of thing like you said it makes a different version of of a god that you're scared to approach yeah I love that. For me, um, verse 23 was like, I, I've highlighted this for me personally, this is the most important paragraph of the entire lecture series. Like 23 hits me so hard because I see it in my own life and I see it in, in others as well, but it's a little bit longer one, but let me read it. It says, but it is also necessary that men should have an idea that he is no respecter of persons. For with the idea of all the other excellencies in his character, and this one wanting, men could not exercise faith in him. So even if we had everything else correct and perfect, if this one's lacking, it throws everything off kilter. Because if he were a respecter of persons, they could not tell what their privileges were, nor how far they were authorized to exercise faith in him or whether they were authorized to do it at all. But all must be confusion. And then, it, and then it switches tone. But no sooner are the minds of men made acquainted with the truth on this point that he is no respecter of persons, than they see that they have authority by faith to lay hold on eternal life. And what is eternal life? 
the richest boon of heaven, because God is no respecter of persons, and that every man in every nation has an equal privilege. And I mean, those those few lines there where it's talking about if he were a respecter of persons, they could not tell what their privileges were. How big of a plague is that in our church? I mean, in, in the world. Like, we, we're living far beneath our privileges. We don't even know what they are. And the next one, nor how far they were authorized to exercise faith in him. Oh, no, you, you just don't see God or whatever. You know, that, that's for the prophet. And, you know, sometimes we even question our modern prophets. You know, maybe it's just the biblical prophets that got to see him, you know, the, that are authorized to exercise that type of faith in, in him or whether they were authorized to even do it at all, ever. Like, I think that those are, are huge. And so if we ever encounter within ourselves or others, any of those kind of like three things that it delineates there, then we truly don't believe the scriptures that tell us that God is no respecter of persons. And I don't know, that was like hitting me like a ton of bricks and going, whoa, no matter what else we have a correct understanding of his character's perfections and attributes, if we don't have that one, it's like, yeah, the atonement's real and it applies to everybody, but not to me. Or, you know, yeah, it was just Nephi that gets to see visions and dreams or or Joseph of Egypt or, or whoever. Like, all of these things are great, but the day of miracles has ceased now because we have smartphones and technology. We don't need those things anymore. Like, <laughs> God is no respecter of persons. And how great a truth that is for our quest to, to build Zion and prepare for the second coming. I think that, that anyway, 23 is like I one of my all-time favorite uh, paragraph <laughs> verses of, of this whole thing. Just blows my mind. So I'm sorry. Uh -huh. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was done. Don't you think that President Nelson is showing us how to see God? Do I think that? Mm -hmm. And then, um, what was I going to say? Oh, shoot. The, um, what is that scripture? If we had, if we had all of the if we had all of the stories of the interaction of the Lord, there wouldn't there wouldn't be enough room to fill. But but we just have these you know these few words and these scriptures that we have. But mm -hmm. people have seen God, and I'm not you know I wouldn't stand up and and tell my story, but I'm grateful that these prophets did and wrote it, right? Yeah. All that they, on all that they have. We have that opportunity too. We just need to exercise that faith. And that's what President Nelson is asking us to do. I was going to say, I listened to that Seer Stones and Four Ordinations. Oh my heck. <laughs> that's going to be a fun one. Is that this? Oh Saturday? my, oh yeah. my heck. September. Oh yeah. Is that September. September? Seer Stones? Oh my heck. Like, thank you for, thank you for recording all those. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun one. When I have something else, when I have a moment, so I go through. <laughs> Thank you. I wish I could remember them all, but I just know that when I need to, the Lord will call them out for me. So. <laughs> yep. Exactly. I love that. Yeah, Tracy. 
Oh, I need some help going over to 10 where it talks about one eternal round. I tried to research it. it I kept thinking of arrival. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to some podcasts and I just, my brain is just maybe too linear to, so I, I'm hoping some of you can help me figure it out. I listened to Quick Media's uh, podcast. He did one on the one eternal round oh, a month or so ago. I know Hugh Nibley has some, but they were three hours long. And so I didn't go do those yet. So I'm like. <laughs> so you don't want me to just say, go watch Nibley. <laughs> Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> that was one of my things. I was like, Nibley has a great expose on it. Yeah. <laughs> but but there's have you done King Follett Sermon? In facsimile too, you know that it shows the the round and all the Hebrew and Egyptian characters in it. I just so just go study Hugh Nibley more. I mean that's a, a great source. I mean he he dives deep into to that principle there. Yeah, but um uh, he bases it a lot off of the the King Follett Summon from from Joseph Smith, right? And um, I'm just gonna quote part of that to kind of um, kind of segue into it, I guess. Okay. But it says, I want to reason more on the spirit of man, which is interesting. For I am dwelling on the body and spirit of man on the subject of the dead. And then, I mean, he, he physically does this at, at the, the funeral sermon here. I take my ring from my finger and liken it unto the mind of man, the immortal part, because it had no beginning. Suppose you cut it in two, then it has a beginning and an end, but join it again and it continues one eternal round. So it is with the spirit of man. As the Lord liveth, if it had a beginning, it will have an end. All the fools and learned wise men from the beginning of creation who say that the spirit of man had a beginning prove that it must have an end. And if that doctrine is true, then the doctrine of annihilation would be true. But if I am right, I might with boldness proclaim from the housetops that God never had the power to create the spirit of man at all. God himself could not create himself. And then he goes on uh, quite a bit uh, extensively to, to go through that principle. But I think that that ring uh, analogy is a perfect uh, way to start help in visualizing things like if we have one eternal round things are created in, in a holy sphere or whatever you want to call it and then you cut it in half and then yeah there's a beginning and an end but then um you know with like the hebrew when you cut a covenant um there, there's a separation but it's always meant to be joined together again and and forged in um in strength and so um we you know, in the eternal scheme of things, we're here for a beginning and an end. We have like this little lifespan where that's all that we can comprehend and um, look at because we only have a slice of, of the whole ring kind of a thing. It has been segmented, but it's always meant to be joined back together. Um, Elder Holland uh, gave a great talk. I'll find it and stuff, but um, he says it's if we kind of liken it to like the, the pride cycle too, right? So the pride cycle... Yeah, you have this and this, and then you come back and and you 
finally end where you began and you start the cycle all over again. But he's like, one eternal round is more like um, the antithesis of a pride cycle. It begins, but then when it comes full circle, it's at the same place, but on a higher plane. So mm. think of it in like Isaiah's terms, right? Yeah. right? As we are ascending, we're, we're going in this cycle, but when we come back to our starting position or whatever, it's on a higher plane. We're on a new level and we're constantly ascending. It's, it's one eternal round rather than just one flat 2D, two-dimensional surface. We're, we're talking multi-dimensions and, and things and, and, and that ascension process there. I don't know if that, that helps at all, but King Follett Sermon and, and Hugh Nibley are, are great resources on kind of wrapping our, our heads around that principle there. Is that you too? The, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure there are probably some YouTubes, but um, book. Uh huh. Yeah, the he has the book One Eternal Round. Um, that, oh, I'm heard of that. Oh, that's funny. He has a really. <laughs> I heard it's. Whew, yeah, it's bad. massive. <laughs> You'll be on that in a couple years. YouTube about it, and I'm like, ooh, I don't know about this. <laughs> I, mean, I probably need. To, have you read it? I've read selected parts of it. I, I don't think I've ever read it front to back. So, okay, I'm going to ask another question about time fitting into that. I'm trying to figure out like time starting and stopping and stuff like that. I, I just can't figure this out. <laughs> hard. Please help me. <laughs> time is a hard one. Yeah. yeah. So like, what is your 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 question like um like time starting and stopping um i just don't i can't wrap my head around how that could be <laughs> and so <laughs> you guys I, get this <laughs> i think that that's kind of like this. the the human construct of it right because time isn't a, a factor with uh, an omnipresent being and so right. it's for mortals that we uh, form these you know beginning points end points and, and have to to work within those but yet um learning how to to work outside of that law that we've put upon ourselves kind of a thing um that's a good question i don't know i'm just kind of lumbering at, at this point <laughs> but um anyone else when does the, the scientist have her explain <laughs> Darlene wants to say something well, we were just discussing this a little bit just before class and I was telling him of an experience I had in the celestial room last Friday and I was having a vision uh in the I was praying and, and praying and uh, I was having this little vision of and God the Father was talking to me, and I could see his lips and, and stuff. And, and I, I mean, it was just so beautiful. And then I got interrupted uh, by someone. Apparently, <laughs> I was coughing while I was doing this. You just given me a, a, a cough lozenge thing. Uh, I mean, her, I mean, her motives, and I would never want to hurt her feelings at all because that I really appreciated the thought but it, it interrupted my thought and I, I didn't get that cemented in in fact I hadn't thought about it again until 
I was telling Cameron about it. And he said, you should write that down. And I said, well, how do you go about doing that? Because no, you don't see people writing things down in the celestial room, you know? He says, but you have the power to, to stop time in that moment and, and freeze that. And she would have just waited there. And you go ahead and finish your special time with the father and get that and write it down because um, um, the spirit's offended if you don't, you know, and, and I just think, well, how do I go ahead? That's what I'm trying to figure out exactly. Uh-huh. To stop that and then pick it up after that, the time freezes there. And then her reaction to me is all normal and everything. And it just, it, that just happened. And, but I was still able to finish my little vision with the father, you know, but I'm still trying to get my mind around that too, because, but I have had a few things happen in the temple lately where with this time standing still so i know it's possible but how do i do that you know how do i will that i i'm still i'm wrestling with that very thing but i know it's possible isn't that what spencer talks about in his book visions of glory mm -hmm. yeah and so um I don't know. It's so fun that everybody's kind of <laughs> experimenting in, in lots of different ways and stuff. But um, anyway, it, it's a very real principle. And pulling it like from lecture third here, like if we believe that people of old, former day saints or prophets and in ancient times were able to do these things and God is no respecter of persons, then I think it really does come down to questions. Like if you ask the proper questions, at the right time in the right place, you'll be able to receive answers and and learn how to to do this. And it takes practice. It takes um, uh, a willingness to to stretch and overcome all fear or unbelief in, in any given topic or or exercise and and approach the the throne of God with uh, with courage and confidence, uh, full of faith and and stuff. Because it is a real principle. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. Kevin, back to the um, 23 that you read at the end. And you were, when Darlene was talking about this, it reminded me of that, that he's no respective persons. Um, then they see that they, like we see that we have the authority by faith to lay hold on eternal life, which is, this is a part of that. Um, mm. And, um, eternal life the richest boon of heaven god wants us to honor um whatever it is that we have need to have time stand still um i've had that happen before but it was never at my um it, i just happened because i needed it but such a um i i think it is having faith that um he will honor that 
and he desires for us to exercise our faith in that and authority to be able to do that because it is our life and it is it is important the things that we are doing as we desire to do his will and um Mm -hmm. why why wouldn't he want that for us and you know it's not like uh just some superpower that's like cool to have you know it's for a purpose right and um Mm -hmm. as it's used in in righteousness and it is according to the will of god then all things are possible and like i think that authority is is a huge word there right well isn't that to exercise it going boldly to the throne of grace i think it is that recognize what we can have um, exercise authority over in our lives he has given us the the right to be able to do that um, we live beneath our privileges in so many ways mm-hmm. and another point from from verse 23 there that i think is like so crucial is that um he says but no sooner are the minds of men so forth then they see that they have the authority by faith. So like, it, mm-hmm. it's interesting that it is a pattern from all of the holy prophets in, in holy writ that mm-hmm. God doesn't prolong our, <laughs> our, I think, no sooner than we can actually lay hold upon that, that we then see that we have the authority to, to act in faith and, and lay hold mm-hmm. upon those kind of things. It, that's such an important principle, I think, because sometimes we we get caught up. I'm talking to my own personal experience here of, um, I don't know, it just must not be the God's timing or whatever. Like, oh, I want this so bad, but, you know, it just must not be the right time. Time is a non-construct. Well, I mean, it is a construct, but um, with God's omnipresence and and his control of uh, of all time and stuff it this is true no sooner are the minds of men made acquainted with this truth than that they see um it it's it's just us we've got to work on us and we have to find out the the laws and principles upon which things are predicated and we do that from human testimony only we we do it by diving into the scriptures and finding things out and asking the right questions in order to get an answer because God is so ready to come to us and answer and unfold his mysteries. Anyway, and I think that was a, a huge point to, to mine was like the, the timing of things uh, on all of these blessings of, of faith. Um, I, something else. Um, there, um, Stacy started, um, Stacy even started group if for those that are interested and she talked about seeing with an eye of faith and she suggested is Stacy on here I don't even know um um she she suggested and I don't remember exactly what she said but to look to look at the times when you were seeing with an eye of faith or you thought you were seeing with an eye of faith and then look at what was going on around that, you know, look for the patterns, look for the, look for the reason it, um, uh, 
that it happen so that we can make this a repeatable thing and ask the Lord to teach us what was different about that time. Because I, I absolutely have one time that was completely different of seeing on the other side of the veil. And I decided today I'm going to go, because I think you can do this retrospectively. Mm-hmm. Retrospective, is that the right word? I'm not sure. Um, look back and, and the Lord will help us to, um, to gain perspective so that we can have success. We can have these sorts of things as we're trying to honor him and, and do his work. I can't imagine there's anything that he would withhold from us um, when we're, we're seeking to do, when we're on his errand. Mm-hmm. And I think um, going back to my education week with Wilfred Woodruff's project and stuff, um, the importance of journal keeping in all of that, where like um, the idea of faith is, is predicated upon human testimony and human testimony only. Sometimes it's prophets and sometimes it's our own experiences looking at, at times when the Lord has done those things. And if we take the time to, to honor the, the revelation and spiritual experiences, write them down. And like you said, look at all of the, the surrounding aspects to any given experience or story and being able to go back later and go, hey, I witnessed it. And sometimes we kind of forget about it or, or kind of sweep it under the rug as a, a circumstance or casualty or whatever. But looking back and the importance of journal keeping for our own personal um, faith experiences in the future that we right now can help our future selves grow in faith and, and vice versa. Um, as we keep going along this, this cycle of, um, uh, of faith, I guess. I don't know. I <laughs> butchered the end of that. It was, it was really profound in my head. And then I, <laughs> well, I decided to start a journal for this sort of thing because my, my experiences can get buried <laughs> in my, re- you know, regular journal and I, I won't see yeah. connections. And so I think that the patterns will be much more clearly visible to me with with doing it that way mm-hmm. yeah small plates large plates principle there <laughs> so you know if you need some some extra references go to the large plates but but here's the the nuggets <laughs> i love that um let's see i think like 19 was was another one of my favorites here um so again, I'm just going to kind of read it because there's a lot to unpack in it, but it says an acquaintance with these attributes, it just barely listed the six there, in the divine character is essentially necessary in order that the faith of any rational being can center in him for life and salvation. For if he did not in the first instance believe him to be God, that is the creator and upholder of all things, he could not center his faith in him for life and salvation. For fear that there, uh, for fear there should be greater than he who would thwart all his plans, and he, like the gods of the heathen, would be unable to fulfill his promises. But seeing he is God over all, from everlasting to everlasting, the creator and upholder of all things, no such fear can exist in the minds of those who put their trust in him. 
so that in this respect, their faith can be without wavering. And I just love the, um, I, I don't even, I'm lost to words, but um, the juxtaposition, I guess, of faith and fear in that verse there, where, I mean, if, if God weren't omnipotent, all-powerful being, that there might be some other kind of God that has a, a, a bad plan to, to overthrow him, you know, like Satan and in, in premortal councils and things. But yet he has all of that, and we have to have a faith in his perfections and attributes in order to fully put all of our trust and all of our faith into that omnipotent being. Um, and if we do so, no such fear can exist in the minds of those who do so. I, I think that that's just such a powerful principle. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's kind of like a, well, yeah, duh. But at the same time, when we really focus in on it and looking at our own experiences of uh, our, our mortal experiences of people that we lose trust in, I mean, it's hard to have faith in any human anymore isn't it <laughs> like everybody disappoints everybody lies at some point or you know is is just letting us down and yet there is an omnipotent being who cannot lie i mean it's he would cease to be god and isn't that so comforting to know that we can have full faith in that and not have the fear or the doubt that that he'll let us down or or some other uh heathen god would would come in and strike him down with their thunderbolt or whatever you know like it's verse 19 is such a comforting um experience of, of faith i think that that uh, allowing that principle to to swell within our hearts is is amazing and i think that everlasting to everlasting is that helix again is it isn't that a helix is the upward spiral Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, so like what other things from lecture third really stood out to you guys? I, I've kind of dominated <laughs> a lot of time. Sorry. This is why we have to come to all your classes so we can find out all the things. <laughs> <laughs> we need like a three hour class. <laughs> That's how we do oh, it. Wish granted. <laughs> no. Yeah. God is love like sugar. whole thing. What? God is love just permeated through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Coming to, to know him is, is such a fun journey and i mean i've had my my journeys throughout the past or whatever but i mean it's all just but little tiny crumbs uh of the whole thing compared to the journey that i've been on the last couple of years like uh, i was <laughs> telling them uh of like monday night right like when we were able to to go through we were just going around the circle and asking everybody hey how did you wake up to, to things like the time is now it's time to get going on on things and it was so fun to hear everybody else's experiences because they're so wildly different in, in all these different uh, areas but um just kind of having time to reflect on my own and going man like looking throughout my life like there, there was little 
weak growth <laughs> compared to the absolute fire hose of experiences and faith and, and everything that the last couple of years have been for me. Um, it, it's just amazing. And, and coming to know God in, in very personal and, and intimate ways um, and just going through these lectures with y'all and, and seeing the evidences of this are just like such sweet confirming witnesses of his um his plan his intervention in my life the the uh the loving kindness the chesed that we we started off with it's just amazing like my testimony is just getting dug in deep I, like there's so many people falling and it just makes me so sad if just, just come study with me <laughs> we'll we'll get you on a, a good path but like i don't know i just i just love god's love really for our individual lives like he's just in all of the details if we'll just take time to uh, to do it like it, it mentions throughout lecture third any rational being right you know sometimes if we're in the babylon category and just thrashing around uh, from from sin to sin and misconception to misconception we just don't have some of that that rational thought but yet progressing and uh, growing coming to know him it's just such a fun ride <laughs> to say the least so i think it's really important not to get all tied up in his timing you you talked about when we woke up um, and timelines just stay on the path stay the course stay with him yeah like things are coming soon but that doesn't mean they are i've been feeling this for a long time although it's look a lot closer now yeah. um, so <clears throat> a friend of mine that lives in jordan jordan river he was pretty determined that two septembers ago <clears throat> that you know that was the time and since he's just living the life and you know mm -hmm. he, yeah carefree he, he took out his all his retirement money and he bought all the storage he could and he bought you know his, his ham radios and he did all that stuff and then it didn't happen and i told him before that he says you know i says where are you going to be if this doesn't happen like you think it's going to happen because i've been doing this for a really long time i've been looking forward to his coming for a really long time and you know the tribulations that will come before that i've been watching but you just can't get all lost in the timing and let it throw you off course you have to stay the course mm -hmm. yeah i love that because that's definitely my experience like timelines were my thing for that first year of like i've got to pinpoint everything down i gotta get it all charted out but then it it I, i'm grateful for them to to help you know kind of give me a, a shock of, of reality <laughs> but then you know, today is the anniversary of what was that you know what today is the anniversary of I had it pop up on my timeline. Yeah, this is the eclipse five years it's ago. The eclipse anniversary oh, yeah. today. <laughs> right? Yeah. Fun. Yeah, I hadn't put that together. I mean, because yeah. I was thinking that that is when I woke up. Because that's mm -hmm. when I came back to the church, like that, a few months right after that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So fun. So yeah, I'm grateful for timelines and stuff for for a purpose. I mean, they kind of provide that that jolt or the jump start, but 
trusting in, in God's timing is the real lesson, right? Of that. <laughs> Or else he would have pulled it out in scripture and said, you know, this is the exact day and the month and the hour and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's a process of getting to know God rather than. So imagine if you had seen the vision of our day. I mean, how would you record it? How could you how could you put time in between events? You can't. Mm -hmm. You know, Brother Harrison said that in his book. He couldn't even put a time on the visions that he saw. Like he didn't know if it was quick or slow or how, how it happened. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, how could, I mean, how could you totally write? And, and sometimes I think, wow, this is just going so slow. Just so <laughs> slow. But then I'm grateful for, you know, all the peace and the time I can have with my children. And I pray in gratitude for the peace every day that, that I feel. Um, so grateful for this this peaceful time in my life, even though it's not peaceful in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So anything else on, on lecture three that, or third, that um, you'd like to talk about? Anything that we missed? If not, um, got a couple different slides real quick. Just a second. <clears throat> All right. So Education Week was kind of transformational for me in lots of different ways, right? But finally got some guidance on, on the future. So here's kind of what the future of our book clubs look like. There is a step back, but we'll, we'll continue doing them to some degree. So we're going to split into to four different groups because this is what works for, for me and my schedule. And um, hopefully it it all works out. But uh, anyway, this is what uh, was was brainstormed. And um, anyway, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But so it's basically like find a group and it's once a month. Um, but if you're a diehard, <laughs> like, like some of y'all are, let's see, right? Come to all of your classes still? <laughs> you can come to all four of them if you would like. But um, so there are exceptions to this, but typically Group Aleph is the first Wednesdays, Group Bet is the second Sundays, Gimel third Thursdays, and Dalit fourth Saturdays. So it's trying to hit all times to some degree, at least once a month, um, but we will extend it so that it's three hour long kind of get together once a month. Um, the first hour is going to be uh, the topical guide study on Christ. Um, like President Nelson has has issued that challenge for us in, in times past. Um, the second hour um, from seven to eight will be just kind of discussing Come Follow Me, what insights you've gained from your studies that you're already doing. Um, so really the only homework or, or anything would be uh, the topical guide, which um, can be as little or as much as you want it to be. And then, then we'll open it up from eight to nine to be just kind of miscellaneous, talking about books you're reading and things that you're uh, experiencing and, and different fun journey type things. But anyway, so kind of splitting into those, those four different groups um, for that. And uh, so this is a very handy workbook. You don't have to buy this. You can just go through the scriptures and, and look up all the topical guide things. But um, this book by Stephanie Dib Sorensen 
it is it's like an actual workbook like it has lots of spaces it asks questions and it helps you deep dive into a lot of the topical guide things um it's uh it covers 59 different weeks that we'll be doing it'll take us through uh next year but um it's 20 bucks on amazon or desert book um it's a really good one i do highly recommend uh getting a, a separate set of scriptures just for a, a study on jesus christ and and his um the the growth that we'll be having through the, the topical guide but you know it's not necessary i mean you can just use your your regular scriptures and, and highlight in those but um I, I looked these up just to kind of see the the price difference here if you're getting like the deseret new journal editions you're around 100 125 bucks um getting all of the different canons there if you're doing like the large print from distribution they're 5470 for all of them and if you're doing a, a diy where you want to bind it yourself and uh, whatever kind of thing, you know, uh, you're around 50 bucks to, to, to print off all of those. But um, anyway, regardless, those are just kind of some, some price things. If you wanted to get some extra scriptures just for that. Um, uh -huh. Yeah. This, the reason for having a new set that's handy is it'll be marking all the places where Christ is speaking to mm -hmm. us directly and so it's just would be filled with you know those markings but you know you can do it in your own scriptures too but mm -hmm. yeah so sorry uh -huh. got there nothing <laughs> <laughs> sorry so this is like the the new kind of calendar uh system to i i've got it organized by month it's a pdf that i'll be emailing out um but this is just kind of a, a breakdown of what it looks like so that I don't know, because it's, you know, I haven't put our classes in a, a calendar like this before. So um, taking a, a look at it, the the day is is listed here in the top blue, but I've also put the Hebrew month and day um, from a Hebrew calendar perspective on there as well, so that we can kind of take a look at, you know, some of the feasts and festivals throughout the, the calendar year. Um, but anyway, so it breaks it down for uh, 6 p.m., you'll tackle topical guide number three, which is advocate. And then uh, 7 p.m., we'll do come follow me. And this is the come follow me for that week. And then uh, 8 p.m. will be our miscellaneous time kind of a thing. So um, the color coding on this, the, the pink things are like the modern holidays or conferences or uh, BYU kind of things or whatever. The uh, kind of lighter green ones are the ancient feasts and festivals like uh, Sukkot uh, here in October, Yom Kippur, etc. Those will be highlighted in there. Um, and uh, keep in mind, all of the times are mountain standard time, mountain daylight time kind of thing. If you are techie and want to add this to your digital calendar, um, I've got this link. I'll post it in the chat here in a second um, so that you just click it and then it just automatically puts all of those events and the homework assignments and stuff into your digital calendar for you but if not then the pdf will will be there uh handy kind of a thing but um these are going to be i've had a few people ask me like when can we meet up you know like what's kind of these are just some times that are possible that we possibly uh, could uh, grab dinner uh, around different things so um the Sperry Symposium is coming up uh, at BYU October 21st and 22nd. 
um, the Easter conference next year, and then education week, we have the, the things for that. Um, but these other temple trips, these are just me and my parents, um, uh, what we've got scheduled. If you want to meet up at Meridian or Ogden or Pocatello um, this year, next year, these are some of the times that we could possibly do that. Or others, if you just want to throw me a text or whatever and say, hey, we're going to be here and here. Do you want to meet up and grab dinner kind of thing? But anyway, so those are some of the meetups and all of those are in the calendar um, to, to look at. So again, I'll be emailing the calendar out. Here's the link to the, the Google calendar. You can add it with your Google calendar or put it as a subscription on your Apple calendar kind of a thing. But Anyway, so like Tracy said, I wish there was like a three hour class and I'm like, wish granted. <laughs> it's only going to be once a month, but. That's okay. I love it. Thank you. So it helps alleviate a lot of time so that I can do some of these things that the Lord's leading me down. But yet <laughs> that was the biggest thing out of education week. Everybody was just like so flipping sad that we were canceling these things. And like, how do we stay connected with everybody? And anyway, so I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Each on ham radio. Come in over. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yep, exactly. Or like the seer stones one, right? Well, <laughs> just gotta find a seer stone, and then you can we can stay in community. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Anyway, so. Hopefully that all works out. <laughs> we'll see. But um, so, Kevin, do you think that the the um, cell phone is a um, um, how do you say that Satan's Satan's um, seer stone? <laughs> That's a, a great way to put it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Click. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's, there's lots of technologies, right? Like internet was uh, uh, created or given, you know, for family history work and, and things and Satan usurps and, and does lots of stuff with it. But I would say in a general aspect, if we're talking about the world and as a whole, then yeah, we're <laughs> nope. very much a Satan seer stone kind of, yeah, it's a great way to put it. I only do good on mine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the important I, part. Uh, we've almost finished that book about light. Oh, uh huh. That was interesting. That was such a fun class at Education Week. Like, there was quite a few additional insights that weren't in the book or whatever that he was presenting. So, uh, when we get those slides put together and everything, that'll be so fun to talk about. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that was one of the lectures that you chose. That's I, we're talking about spiritual physics of light, Aaron Franklin, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was a, such a fun class. What was your favorite one? Oh, I don't even know. I mean, there are oh, so many. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, you can ponder on it. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, yeah. So let's see. I got to like take a look at the ones I did here. Okay, so there was lots of Isaiah things or whatever, but honestly, like Avraham's got that on lockdown. <laughs> some other people have some interesting things here and there, but 
but nobody covers it like like Overholm does. Um, Tyler Griffin's class on lectures on faith, I was like kind of disappointed. It wasn't anything, but Aaron Franklin, Spiritual Physics of Light, excellent material. Uh, Carrie Muelstein on the Book of Abraham. So I've taken his Abraham class for like three years. The, the past two years are pretty similar, but this year he brought all new information and stuff to it. It was so fun. Um, the Wilfred Woodruff papers. And, and honestly, I this is going to sound real bad, but like I typically don't gravitate towards the women presenters because they're usually just, you know, marriage and family and kumbaya. <laughs> but <laughs> Linda Cherry's class on the bridegroom this year was amazing. I loved her class. Uh, Tammy Hall with uh, Hebrew Insights and Barbara Morgan He's Gardner. So good at Hebrew. Like, oh man, there there was some excellent stuff in there. So turns out Tammy or Tamara, whatever she wants to go by, but um, she learned Hebrew up in Salt Lake for a year mm -hmm. with a, a Jewish. Uh, rabbi and then she's learning from mandy green so that was another part because i've been like hovering my mouse on the purchase button for mandy green's hebrew class because i mean it's like 150 bucks but i'm like oh maybe maybe anyway so it's like yep firmly click if if tammy can get that much out of that class then i'll take it for sure <laughs> i can hear come follow me each week she makes you do she'll teach you like five new words yeah that's pretty cool mm -hmm. love it yeah the lord's really leading me down like hebrew right now like that's a, a main focus of some of my projects this next year so it's going to be a, a fun ride i'm sure <laughs> yeah any other comments questions housekeeping whatever hopefully i'll send out that calendar link and you'll have time to like look at it <laughs> digest it but um, I think that on the heels of everything that we've learned and kind of tying up here with lectures on faith, that it, it really is lecture third, coming down to his character, perfections, and attributes, and doing a, a year-long deep dive on Christ, I think will, will be equally, well, not equally, far surpassing um, some of the, the progress and spiritual experiences that y'all have been having with lectures on faith. You know, I, I really hyped up lectures on faith, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I think that it's just going to just keep ramping up. It's going to be awesome, I think, for our groups to to really hone in on that. I have 12 books in my Amazon cart. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a problem. <laughs> a little bit. I... <laughs> I'd like to take credit for that because I'm always recommending books, right? <laughs> it's a little bit of an addiction. <laughs> and your nutritional yeast is still in there too. <laughs> it's so good. Holy yeah. cow. Anyway. All right. Well, we will see everyone next week for lecture fourth. We're like almost halfway through. This is it's going by fast. It is going by fast. Bye. Yeah. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see y'all later.